the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rahab the prostitute is now in the genealogy of the Savior of the world. And she becomes what's called part of the remnant. Because God came in there and destroyed the whole city but saved her. So she's, even though everything's being destroyed, she's part of the remnant. And so what this court, I think, represents for us is this. That you have to have enough faith to believe. And once you have faith in God and the things of God, then salvation will come to your house and then you become a part of the remnant. Everything can be destroyed, but God's always going to have a remnant and his people are the remnant. And from us in future generations, the gospel of Jesus Christ is passed from generation to generation by those who belong to the remnant. And all God's people said. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment. But first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word. How's everybody today? Everybody good? The last couple of weeks, God begins a new nation with what man? Abraham. Abraham's 12 sons, grandsons, I should say, become the 12 tribes of what nation? Nation of Israel. They're enslaved down in Egypt. It's a long time. For how long? 430 years. They're down there with Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Moses, we looked at this last week, at age 80, God taps him on the shoulder and says, I need you to lead two million people uh, to freedom. And so Moses was the guy that uh, God selected to free the Israelites from uh, Egypt's bondage. Then last week we looked at Mount Sinai, the guidelines and the guardrails of the covenant, those 613 uh, uh, commandments. And then the Israelites, they spend 40 years wandering around in the wilderness because of their sin. And then I want you to write this down. Moses dies on the doorstep of the promised land. Right on a doorstep. Takes these people wandering around the desert with them for 40 years, listening to them complain and grumble and argue and fuss. 
and he can see. God actually takes him up where he can see it, but God says you can't go in. And what you've just looked at at the top of that sheet, I want you to write that down, is 600 years of history. 600 years of history. And then we come to that moment in time where they're actually going to enter in into what we know as the promised land, the land where they are still today, the land of Israel. The first part of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, is God giving promises, not to Moses, because Moses is dead by the time you come to Joshua 1. So now you have God giving the promises to Joshua, because Joshua is now the man who's going to lead these two million people into Uh, the promised land. Turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Now we're getting ready to go to battle. 430 years of slavery, 40 years of wandering around, and now it's time. And so these are like the marching orders and the promises made to Joshua before they go in. So these two gentlemen on my left is Christopher and his brother Jaden. And uh, Christopher's 10, Jaden's 8. They are the sons of our drummer. And uh, he's down here in the front. And uh, I, they might be better than you. I don't know. But anyway, um, they're going to give me a little, a little war march, okay? Because we're getting ready to go to battle, okay? So you guys give me your little, your little uh, war march here thing, all right? Can you do this? Oh, yeah. And this is Ariel. She's 11 years old. And she's going to read the scriptures. So you look at your Bible, Joshua 1, 1 through 9. These are the marching orders before they they go to Jericho. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised, Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And all God's people said, I want you to give my helpers a big hand. And may God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ariel. Those are some good kids there. Amen. The first point is that these are promises made to Joshua before they enter into the uh, promised land. Now, I want you to remember 430 years of slavery and 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness. 
So after 470 years, 470 years, they finally get to go in. And what God says to Joshua, he says that the secret to your success in this endeavor is the Word of God. I want you to write that down. You want to be successful. You want to have victory. You want to conquer this land. The secret lies in the Word of God. I want you to go back and look at verse 8. It says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and what? Night. So that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. And the Bible says, then you will be prosperous and you will be successful. Now, we all face challenges. I've talked to people all week long who have very difficult uh, situations in their life. Some people have financial issues right now. And I'm shocked by how many people who claim to be God's people that do not follow God's instructions for our finances. And if you want to be successful, if you want to be prosperous, I would start with reading what God's Word has to say. There's tons of stuff in there about just our finances and the fact that we're stewards and we're to manage this on His behalf and what we're supposed to do with it. There are promises and blessings in the Word of God regarding finances. And so it was true back then, and I believe it's true today, that if you're looking for the blessing of God to be upon your life, it all begins with the Word of God. I want to show you a verse. It's all the way back in Deuteronomy. I'll put it on the screen. This is before Joshua. These are the last words of Moses because Moses dies in Deuteronomy. He dies. And his last words, now we just read God's word to Joshua, but Moses' last words before he died, God took him up and let him see over the mountain, up on a mountain ridge. He got to see the promised land. God says, you can't go in there. But, uh, he, he then, then Moses, he gathered, he gathered all the people of Israel. And here's what he said to them, all right? It's very important that you understand what he said. He tells the people to obey, and he tells the people to tell your children. Tell your children. Tell your children to obey all of the law. And then he says these words, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47, speaking of the word. They are not just idle words. And a lot of people think that's what the Bible, they look at the Bible, ah, those words mean nothing. They're just a bunch of dead, idle words. Moses says, they are not just idle words for you. And then he says, they are your what? They are your life. And by them, by these words, You will live long in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. It took him a long time to get in there. And he's saying, if you want to live a long life, a blessed life, a prosperous life in this land, it all begins with the Word of God. Obey the Word of God. If you go back to Joshua, God is actually talking to Joshua. And Joshua is a leader. He's the one now leading the nation. Is it it interesting at all that as the leader of the nation that God says, you need to obey the Word of God? How I wish that the leaders of our nation would obey the Word of God. Because if you have leaders, the people who are in leadership position, 
If they're focused and zeroed in on honoring God and honoring God's word, don't you see how that filters down to the rest of the nation? I look at this church right here, and there are, you know, I, I don't know if you know this or not, but this is one of the most blessed churches in the country. It just is. And I really believe this. I, I just believe this, and you will, you will never convince me otherwise. But one of the reasons why God keeps blessing this church is simply because whoever is in this pulpit is always teaching the Word of God. And when God's Word is being taught clearly where people can understand it, and we're diving in and trying to see what, what we're doing right now is we're preaching through the whole Bible in a year. We're trying to get you to read through the Bible. We're trying to get you to journal. We're trying to get you in a life group. What's the purpose of all that? To get you into the Word of God. And I just believe that when people can find a place where they're taught the Word of God and they hunger for the Word of God, I just think you're going to see the blessing of God. And that's, that's why this church is blessed. I, I think if you're here and you're a parent, whether you're a single parent or a mom and a dad, and you've got children in your house, and you want God's blessing in your house, the, the one thing you ought to be focused on is learning the Word of God yourself and teaching the Word of God to your children. Because if you can teach your child the Word of God, that's what's going to bring the blessing of God. How's that child ever going to learn to obey mom and dad? Uh, they learned that because they read it. In, I read that in the Bible, okay? And, and they, they learn the principles of God. And that's, that's what I believe we need to be doing. That's, I think that's why our schools, our public schools are so messed up. Is because we've taken the Bible out of the... You, we used to teach, they used to teach the Bible in the school. It used, to be the, it used to be the textbook in the schools. Well, well the kids learn. They, they learn to read the Bible. That's how they learn to re- read and to write. And, and we've removed all that. And now... Now we have that, that chaos. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 9 that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. It's the beginning of all wisdom. And yet we've removed God and we've, we have removed God's word uh, from our school. So if you're a man, a woman, uh, if you're a parent, a teacher, if you're in the world of finances, if you're a housewife, if you're a factory worker or you're in the corporate world, and you want to be successful in your life, I think it all goes back to, to reading the Word of God and having that as the foundation in the life. And I'll just say, if you're, if you're too busy, I just don't have time. I, I've tried, I'm too busy. If you're too busy to read the Word of God, let me tell you something, you're too busy then. Because you need to have that as the foundation of your life. Number two, write this down. The second major thing that happens in the book of Joshua is this story with Rahab and the spies. Now, they're going to go into the city as they go into uh, the land of Canaan. The very first city that they have to conquer is this city called Jericho. And Jericho is a fortified city. It's the oldest city in the world. It does not only have a, a, a wall around it. It has a double wall, which was unbelievable back in those days. But in order for the Israelites to conquer the land of Canaan, they first have to conquer this city that is... Uh, that is unconquerable. It has these doubled walls. And so they, they're going to have to go in and, and tackle this city and defeat it. But before they begin the battle, Joshua, the leader, decides to send two spies to scout out the land of Canaan, but specifically to scout out the city of Jericho. So I want you to turn to chapter 2, and I want to read a few verses. Uh, just so you see the, the storyline here. 
Chapter 2, verse 1, God said, go look over the land, especially Jericho. And so these spies, they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab. And the Bible says they stayed there. Now, they were there because they, they did not think they would get caught if they, if they stayed there. Uh, they don't want to get in trouble, and, they, and the woman doesn't want to get in trouble. So it, it was a good place for them to hide out. And the Bible says that she hides these two spies up on the roof. So skip down to verse 8. And it says that before the spies lay down for the night, she, the woman, Rahab, it says this. She goes up on the roof. She, she hides them up there. Then right before night, she goes up there. And verse 9, the Bible says that, that uh, she said to them, she goes, I know. Everyone say, I know. She knew this. I mean, God, I don't know if God revealed it to her or if she just knew. But she said, I know that the Lord has given, now watch this, the land to you. The Bible says that great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the entire country are melting in fear because of you. You got that? Now skip down to verse 12. Verse 12. Now then, please, everyone say please. She's got a favor. She says, swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness because she knew that Jericho was about to be defeated. And she said, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Verse 13, that you will spare the lives of my father and mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Now skip all the way down to verse 17. The men said to her, the oath, this oath that you made us swear will not be binding on us, verse 18, unless, unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, unless you have brought your father and mother and your brothers and all your family into your house, verse 19. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. But as for anyone who's inside the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. The spies said, you've got a tie, and the Bible says that they handed her a scarlet cord. And they said, you've got to, hey, because we're coming in, and and when they they come in, they're going to destroy the whole city. They're going to burn it to the ground. And they're going to destroy everything in the city. Unless, they said, you take the scarlet cord. And I like this cord. I like everything about it, but it's the USC colors. That's the only thing I don't like about it. It should have been blue, you know. And and, anyway, but uh, they said, you've got to tie this in the window. And if you read the text, the Bible says that the woman took the cord, and it says that she tied it to the window. Okay? Are you with me? And so she ties the scarlet cord, and, and they said, if, if you have the cord, anyone who's in that house, when we come, they'll be safe. Now, if they're outside, we can't be responsible. Now, later on, and we're kind of jumping around, but later on, at the end of the story, Jericho falls, and Israel does come in. They burn the whole city. They destroy everything. I just want to show you the verse in chapter 6, verse 25, the Bible says, But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family 
and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. Now we see three things in the scarlet cord. I want you to write them down. The first two. First of all, you see faith. It's a picture of faith. Here's a sinful, sinful woman who deserves to die with the rest of Jericho. But she's got enough faith to take the scarlet cord and to tie it in her window because she knows what's coming. And because of that, her and her household were saved. And so it really is a picture, if you think about it, for those of us who are put our faith in Jesus Christ, that our households are saved. You're saved. I'm saved because of the scarlet cord, our faith. So you see faith. She had the faith to hang this in the window. Salvation came to her and to her family. But number three, write this down. This scarlet cord for me stands for a remnant. Stands for the remnant. Now keep your spot right here. Just keep your spot in your Bible. I want you to turn all the way to Matthew chapter 1. I'm not going to put this on the screen, so you've got to have your Bibles. Go all the way to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1, 1. And what you have in the first chapter of Matthew, and we'll get to this eventually in our timeline, you see, you'll see the genealogy of Jesus. And if you look at Matthew 1, 1, it says, this is the genealogy of who? Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And if you look right there at verse 2, it starts with Abraham, which is where, you know, where we're kind of starting here. It says that Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah. We've looked at all that. Skip all the way down to verse 5. Verse 5 says that Solomon, it's not salmon like you eat, it's Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was who? Rahab. Through Rahab is mentioned, the woman who had faith and the woman who, who was saved, she's now in the genealogy, skip all the way down to verse 16, at the end of that genealogy, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Rahab, the prostitute is now in the genealogy of the Savior of the world. And she becomes what's called part of the remnant because God came in there and destroyed the whole city but saved her. So she's, even though everything's being destroyed, she's part of the remnant. And so what this, what this cord, I think, represents for us is this, that you have to have enough faith to believe. You have to have faith. And once you have faith in God and the things of God, then Salvation will come to your house, and then you become a part of the remnant. Everything can be destroyed, but God's always going to have a remnant, and his people are the remnant. And from us, in future generations, the gospel of Jesus Christ is passed from generation to generation by those who belong to the remnant. And all God's people said. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel, or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, 
we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.